Hello and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans Podcast, where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. In this week's episode, we are going to be reviewing Moon River, and we are also going to be taking a look at Bonsai, which is another small little tile placement game. And then in the discussion topic, we're actually going to be talking about choosing games. How do we go about choosing games that we're going to play for game night? And this kind of got sparked recently because I was looking at some games and I was like, what like, what do I want to take to game night? That sort of thing. So we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit. But before we get into any anything game related, there's going to need there needs to be some airing of grievances. Uh-huh. I have a grievance against Natasha that I need to air and I need okay. to get off I my chest. I think I messed up. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. You done messed up. OK, here's the deal. Let me give you a little backstory on on the reason why this needs to get brought up. So we, one of our local game stores, you can be a member and based on that membership, you get like a discount, blah, blah, blah. But the lo- location I primarily went to, they actually closed it down and they have the other locations still open. This is important because Natasha lives fairly close to one of the other locations. Her and I were chatting. The, the store... Uh, unfortunately closed its one location and i was like hey natasha uh when a this game comes out would you be willing to snag it for me from there and then just bring it to game night or whenever i see you next that way i can have it okay when did this conversation happen uh when did that store close because it was right around then at least it was the end of september so well over a month ago yeah okay so end of september and uh, I was like, hey, Natasha, are you willing to do this for me? And of course, being the friend that she is, she said, yes, I definitely I can do that for you, Bob. Sweet. The game in question, Ticket to Ride Legacy. And I was like, I really want Ticket to Ride Legacy. She wanted Ticket to Ride Legacy. We both were like, we both wanted the game. So fast forward, uh, our local game store puts out a Facebook post showing their new releases. Which is nice because then you can see like what what kind of you can anticipate what's new when you're going in there, and, and that's when you sent I, me the text reminder asking me remember Natasha to pick this up for me. And no, they, he didn't. Um, Again, no text reminder. Don't turn this back on me. You're the one who messed up. Don't don't don't. So then I was like, sweet, you know, ticket to ride legacies in in the store. That means like she's gonna probably pick one up whenever is convenient for her. So we have a little game day at my house. She shows up and she's like, hey, Bob, guess what I got? And I was like, I was like, what'd you get? She goes, Ticket to Ride Legacy. I was like, oh, sweet. So you got me my copy. And she just like completely like fl- like flat, nothing, no-, no facial expression, nothing, just drops like, what? I was like, yeah, you were going to pick me up a copy, weren't you? I just assumed you had it like in your car or something. No, no, she didn't get it. You know what the worst part is? What? I actually thought, oh, I should text Bob and Jeremy and see if they want me to pick them up a copy since I'm coming out. And I meant to do that, and I totally forgot because I was busy that morning. But I would have, even though I didn't pick one up for you at the time I picked up my copy, I would have gone back to the store and picked you up one. And I was going to text you and ask you, and I just forgot to even do that. So I completely forgot that I said that I would do that for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, so uh, going forward, I think the moral of the story is if you want me to do something for you, you have to consistently ask me. Like That's not how, that's not how friends, that's, I, I don't think remember. that's how friendships work. I don't, I don't think that's how that's supposed, I don't, like, I'm not supposed to hound you. The, the funny thing is, I even at one point said I should text Natasha to remind her. And then I'm like, no, she'll mm-hmm. remember. There's no way she's going to forget. She knows how much, like, I really want that game. Like, there's no way. So I was just like, nah, I'm not even going to bother, like, texting her. I, and You know, the thing is, okay, here's the thing. You forgot. We're all human. Everyone forgets. It is what it is. I guarantee you on Wednesday, there's going to be a copy waiting for me, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So. I go on Wednesday. <laughs> just so everyone knows, I edited out a lot of silence right there. <laughs> there's a, there was a long, long pause that I just, like, decided to edit out. Anyway. <laughs> So it is what it is. You forgot. Okay, no big deal. She brought her son over and her son the entire time is like, Mom, I want to get home and play pay Ticket to Ride Legacy. Mom, I want to get home and play Ticket to Ride Legacy. So they leave and I get a text. 
Let me pull this up real quick. You can't even play it this weekend. In her defense, she goes, uh, sorry, I didn't get ticket to ride. I feel bad. Okay, I'm cool with that. I can understand. Cool. Yeah. Then she goes, we just played two games. It's really good. <laughs> to which my response is, that doesn't help. Because it does not. <laughs> LOL, I know. But I had to tell you, it comes with a really fun tool. I can't tell you what it is because it comes out after the first game, but you're going to love it. Cool. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you for telling me how much I'm going to enjoy the game you forgot to buy me. I can handle all the fact that you didn't, like, you forgot. Okay, it happens. No big deal. But then to rub in, like, how cool the game is. I'm sure you were dying to (sighs) hear about it. No, I was not. I would like to experience it for myself. Thank you very much. Unbelievable. So we've played three games of it so far. I don't want to know. It's really good. I bet it is. It's, it's really it, good. I, uh, go ahead. It's, it's nice and quick, like because you know you see the beginning part. It's a small little board, so the first few games are really nice and quick. And um, I, I highly recommend it for families. I think this is going to be a great family legacy game, especially if you like Ticket to Ride. My daughter, she's played the Ticket to Ride First Journeys quite mm-hmm. a bit, and we haven't actually we haven't taught her the regular Ticket to Ride just because she she knows the First Journeys and it's just easy for her to pick that up. But I think this one I might try and see if she wants to play it with me and my wife. See if she's into it. It might it'd be a good a good one. Um, it's kind of nice. And I'll tell you this stuff about just the first game. It's you know it's regular ticket to ride. Obviously, it's a smaller map, so the first couple games will be nice and quick for her, which will be nice. Yeah. Um, but you you don't score points for laying track cars down, which is nice. Oh. So it's a lot. You, there's no like score track around the board. Okay. You you just you get points at the end of the game or money. It's not points. It's all money. You get money at the end of the game for however many cars you have left. So you have if you have zero cars left, train cars, you get like uh, a certain amount of money, and then you get less and less as you have more. So the idea is just to get your cars out. So it's a little less Got fiddly it. in that sense, which is nice. Yep. There is extra an extra rule where if everyone is a corporation, so they pick a color at the beginning of the campaign or the legacy, and that's their corporation that they're working for or that they are and if you uh lay cars of tracks of the same color of the corporation you are you get two points but that's pretty simple i, I don't think she have any problem with it yeah i'm i'm excited to give it a go hopefully you know what you can do you can kill two birds with one stone okay is, okay you can a you can uh you can buy the game for me which you said you were going to do and mm-hmm. i've been hounding you for a birthday present <sighs> I just want to shout out Jeff because he's been hearing me hound you about the birthday presents and he's the one I borrowed world wonders from like right out. Like, I don't even know how I get, get out, like how I managed to have kept as long as I have. He finally sent me a text. He's like, he's like, Hey man, my gift to you, you keep it. And and my instant response was, is it because I kept it so so long? (laughs) And he ended up getting another copy or whatever, but I, Jeff, thank you. I appreciate it. I still have that other game of yours. I will get it back to you eventually. Did you Whoops. put, did you call the store and get a copy of it in your name? No, I just assumed you'd take care of that. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. I like, I assume you're going to be good on your word. I will say this though. They might be out already. Let's hope not. So here's the one thing I do know about you, Natasha. When you know you've messed up with your friend, you make it right. You've proven to me time and time again, whenever I'm like frustrated about something, you fix it. (laughs) (laughs) And you do something that completely just like totally redeems yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Let's talk about some games. Let's do that. Let's let's talk about Moon River. All right. So Moon River is a tire lane game similar to King Domino. Uh, it's designed by Bruno Catala and Johan Cervais. The art is by Regis Torres, and it's published by Blue Orange Games. So on your turn, it's you are going to draft one of the tiles. You're going to take your meeple and place it on one of the tiles. And then um, once everyone's placed them on, who's ever taken the first tile, which is usually like the not as good one, is going to then draft the second tile. So it's got this really neat mechanic, very same as King Domino, where if you take the better tile, you're going to get the last one to draft in the next round. 
And each tile, it's not dominoes like they are in King Dominoes. They're just one half of the dominoes made out of a puzzle piece. So you could you collect these tiles. Once you get two of them, you can put them together like a domino and then add them to your ranch. Uh, as, as you start off, the first few that you put down, you can place any of them. But then going forward, they have you have to push put a matching terrain next to a matching terrain. At the end of the game, it scores similar to King Domino. You're going to get um, one point for every tile you have times however many cows you have on that terrain type so there's like let's say you have two cows on a meadow field and it's made of three different tiles then you do two cows so two times three so that you want big areas with lots of cows you also score points for different symbols on the, the cards like there's some beavers there's corn in the corn fields there's gold you just those are all worth one point a piece at the end of the game what makes this game different or a little bit more, maybe this is game is similar to King Domino, but a little bit more, is the different rules. So you you have cows that can go on your tiles. Multiple tile multiple cows can be on each tile, but at the end you can only score one cow per tile, so you have to move them around. You also have these areas where you can add ranch ranchers to your tokens. That prevents them from other people from stealing them. It also gives you maybe extra points or lets you move cows around so you can get them positioned and Maybe you want to make sure you get your all the cows in the area with the big, the biggest terrain area. So it's a, it's kind of like King Domino, but it's a lot more going on. Yeah, in some ways, it's almost like King Domino with the expansion added into it somewhat. Even though there's there's a lot more there's more to it than just that. Like, yeah, and it's different. It feels very different as far yeah. as the rules go. The similarity yep. is that the drafting is is exactly the same. And then the the scoring at the end, the basic scoring of King Domino is in this. Plus, there's all kinds of extra scoring you can do. Yeah, there. I think that's going to be the biggest difference between the two is the the different ways you can score points. So obviously, you're scoring points based on like corn cobs, you know, the beavers that you're going to have in there, the cows, the gold nuggets, stuff like that. So there's a there's a variety of different ways to score. There's also some negative tiles. So. There's a tile that has a skull on it, so if you add that to a terrain that has a cow, you lose a cow because of the drought. Is the the thing in in it? This is the theme, I guess. It's both. The, I think the big hook of the game is that you're making your own dominoes. I didn't find that terribly interesting, as you would think. You know, instead yes. of having like two that are already put together, you get to choose. But it wasn't terribly interesting because there's really only like five terrain, and I didn't find that. I didn't find any interesting choices with that. It was very much. Oh, this is the uh, you can only store three. So once you get four, you have to put two together. Yeah. So it's not like you can wait till the end. Um, you are limited. You have a smaller terrain you build from the top up, so you don't have as near as many choices as where to put them. So I I think I think the big hook of the game is that you make your own dominoes, but I don't think that was terribly interesting. I I liked a lot of the the extra things to it, like the cows and being able to move them and the ranchers. I really dislike that you can steal cows from other people. You can steal their tiles. You can switch tiles with them so you can take their good tile and give them their bad tile, which really sucks because the whole reason why you maybe took that bad tile is so you can get in that first in turn order or, you know, so you, now you get first in turn order plus you end up getting a good tile. I really don't like that at all. It almost ruins the whole game for me. I think without that, I probably could would have enjoyed the game a lot more. I didn't. I don't mind the scoring. It's a little, it's definitely more fiddly because you're making your tiles, you're taking cows, you're moving your cows around, you're adding ranchers to your board. There's just a lot more going on. So it's, it's, it's simple like King Domino, but it's, it's a lot more fiddly, a lot more rules without any really extra benefit. Yeah, I agree. I think mechanic wise, very similar to, King Domino, right? Like you're placing your you're placing your meeple down on a tile, you're picking it up, but and then you're creating your own dominoes. And that was the thing I was actually most interested in when I first heard about this game is the fact that you could combine and make your own dominoes. And I was like, that sounds so interesting. And I agree a hundred percent with your thoughts on it. I didn't I don't find it that interesting. You know, I don't I don't find myself being like, ooh, if I can combine these two and then ooh, I can if I can do this and then put it in this spot, like Oh man, the things I can do. No, it's more like, all right, I got a place. Um, I'll just put these two together. The, that's how it felt for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone on and on on this podcast about how much I love King Domino, especially at two player. So when something like this came out, I was real excited for it. But it just it 
The thing I love about King Domino is how simplistic it is, how snappy it is, how like not fiddly it is. Like this mechanically, putting your pieces together and everything like that, pretty simple. There's a lot more AP that you're going to have when you place a, you know, a ranch hand and you can move your cows. Like how many spaces can you move? You can't put them in. You can't let them cross spaces with corn on it because then, you know, you won't be able to feed yourself. You can't. So like you can create paths that you can't move. So like ultimately you're trying to get all your cows in the biggest area that you have. But even then I just didn't find it like I didn't find it super interesting. Even like the ranch hands or whatever. And I agree. Normally, I don't care about like, you take my resource. Ooh, you know, I take your resource. Oh, this is punishing. And that's the number one thing I hated about the expansion for King Domino, those giants, is that you could start stealing stuff from opponents. And I don't like that, especially in that kind of game. Mm-hmm. I agree. It, it took all the things that we liked about King Domino and it just made it complicated, but didn't add any anything worth being complicated it was just it's just more work more fiddly for nothing extra nothing good i think yeah and if you get screwed over with somebody stealing a tile that you really needed now you got to put two you know um skull symbols in an area and you only have two cows and those two cows are gone now you're screwed right like it just i really wanted to like this game i thought it was cool like i really was interested in the fact that you can combine those puzzle pieces to make your own tiles i thought that was cool it just i don't know man i everyone like i just king domino the simplicity of it that back and forth like playing creating the seven by seven grid you got some end game scoring objectives so like this game has no end game objectives so that's the other thing I like about King Domino. The one thing I do like about the expansion for King Domino is it adds additional endgame scoring objectives, which I like. I like being the middle kingdom, filling your grid. I love doing that stuff and accomplishing those objectives. It feels good. Yeah, this one, like I'll play it, but it just it does just doesn't mm, give me King Domino over this. What are you rating it? Uh, I think I'm going to give it a six. I didn't think it was that bad. Um the thing I actually hate the most is the fact that people can steal your stuff. Yep. That, and normally, like I said, normally I, I like it in games like that, like it is what it is. Like it's just, I go into it knowing like this thing can happen and I go into this game knowing it can happen, but sometimes it can be so devastating when you lose the thing you really needed or you lose a cow or you like, you know, you end up with tiles that are going to kill your cows anyway because they took the one tile that you could have placed it in this orientation and it wouldn't have hit that like terrain type. It just, yeah, six. Agreed. I probably would have given it a seven if it didn't have the stealing and the the meanness to it. I think sure. it would have been lovely. It, it's it's a little bit, you know, a little bit extra than King Domino, but I didn't mind it. I I I enjoy the style game. I thought it was worth it, except for the the negative player interaction. I really disliked that. Other than that, it's completely fine. And I'd be totally willing to play it whenever people wanted to, but I just don't see this getting out and people requesting to play it. I think this, let's see, who would I recommend this game to? Maybe if you think King Domino is just a little too boring, you know, you wanted a little extra yeah. something, maybe that would be it. Um, it's, it's not a bad game. If you like games with higher player interaction, you know, and you want to be able to like hurt other people and make that, you know, have that ability, then you might like this. I, I think there's nothing wrong with the game. Maybe it's just my personal taste and opinions. It, it's well-produced. It looks nice. The artwork's nice. The theme is nice. Would you rather play this or Queen Domino? I'd still play Queen Domino, I think. It's been a long time since I played Queen Domino. I think okay. Queen Domino's got the long setup, though. So I might do it this does. one. Yeah, it does have a lot more setup to it. And there's a there's a few extra things with like the buildings and stuff like that. You can still steal the queen, which I think is like is an extra a, crown. This is a little bit more easy to learn. It's a, it's more thematic. It makes sense thematically. I I like the theme of this better. So yeah, I guess sure. I would rate. I think I actually I think I would like this one better than I would play this one better than Queen Domino. Sure. Okay. That is Moon River. All right. Next up, I want to talk about Bonsai. This is another tile lane game. A little different. It's a six sided tiles. This is um, designed by Rosario Baltalto, Massimo Borzi, and Martino Chai Chira. The art is by David Mohandemi. 
and it's published by DV Games. So this is a game, a tiling game all about building your bonsai tree. On your turn, you can either meditate or cultivate. When you cultivate, you can take three pieces, a wood piece, a leaf piece, and any other piece and start building your tree. You can basically put wood anywhere you want. They can kind of, as long as it's touching another piece of wood. And a leaf has to touch, it has to be placed adjacent to a wood tile and a flower has to be placed adjacent to a leaf tile. At the end of the game, you'll score points. Uh, You'll get three points for every leaf tile you have on your board. Every flower tile will score one point per open side. So there's six sides on the the tile. Each one can be worth up to five five victory points. And then there's these fruit tiles that are worth seven, just straight up seven points. So when you meditate, the other thing you can do is you basically take a card. And this is this is very standard card mechanics where take a card, the rest of them slide down. You're going to take a card and you're also going to take whatever's underneath it on, on the board. So as it moves down, it gets better and better tiles. Like the first card that just comes out, there's nothing underneath it. You just get the card. The next one, you either get a wood or a leaf. The next one, you get a wood and a flower. And then the very last one, you get a uh, leaf and a f- fruit. So so as the cards kind of shift downward, they get better and better with the tiles that come with it. So you take the tile and then you also take those tokens. You put them on your board. You can only store a couple, like five tiles at the beginning of the game. And like I said, you can only put out those three tiles every time you cultivate. And the cards are going to let you hold on to more tiles. They'll let you put out more tiles. They'll score you extra points at the end of the game. They'll give you extra tiles to hold on to. So there's all the cards kind of do different things. And then there's some goals throughout the game that you're trying to achieve that based on each game is going to have different goals. Maybe they, your your tree needs to be shaped a certain way, be in a certain position, have a certain number of flowers. And each of the goals has a has a different level to it. So once you hit that the lowest level, it's worth a few points. You can either decide to go ahead and score that or you can hold and continue on for the higher goal. But once you pass up on that first one, then you can no longer claim it later. So then you have to go for that higher goal, which I kind of like. I think it's an it's interesting. Do you think you can be the first one to get there? Somebody rushes up above you and gets it, then you're out of luck. You can't ever score that goal at all. However, that was kind of my most exciting thing that I liked about that I thought I would like about the game. However, I kind of felt like when I played it, it fell apart because the game ended so quickly. I didn't get to complete the higher level goals. And then it was hard to complete those goals because you're so dependent on the cards that come up, you know, so you, you might not be able to complete them. So I, I thought it was a little bit limiting. I, I liked I like the very simple mechanics. The cards let on you either meditate and take more cards or you cultivate and put tiles out. I like that. I like the way that it plays. I didn't like those those end game goals because I feel like the game just ended a little bit too soon to be able to accomplish some of those bigger goals. Yeah, this game was one of the games that I had put on my anticipated games list for Gen Con. And part of it was the unique theme. I thought mm-hmm. it was cool, like a Thailand game where you're building a bonsai tree. I did end up seeing it at Gen Con. I took a look. Uh, the people kind of walked me through like the structure of it. I didn't have a chance to actually sit down and play it. But I was still interested in it. And then you happened to play it. And I remember you telling me like, it's pretty simple. And not that, not that I'm against a simple game, because I'm not. I think they certainly have their place, but that was a l- that was one of those things that I'm just like, mm. if it's like if if Natasha's telling me it's a little too simple for me, I should probably think about that. I don't know. I, I don't know that it's too simple. I think you just need to know going into it, it's very simple. There's nothing unique about it except for the theme. Yeah, you know the card mechanic is very straightforward. The tile lane is very straightforward. It's not restrictive at all. You know, there's a few things you can't just put. You know fruit next to bark you know you've got to build the tree but it's really intuitive i i I like that a lot um i think it's very zen like game it's not stressful at all so there's no tension there's i mean there's a little bit because maybe you want a tile but it gets taken but i i liked it quite a bit i didn't like how it ended so quickly you know that would be a tough thing one of the things that sucks is when a game ends a a smidge too early you know like if it yeah yeah 
Yeah. You want to be able to, like, th- th- that mechanic of those gold tiles choosing to either take that first one or or hold off, it's from yep. another game called, um, it's the one with the deer on the box. What's it called? Kamigawa? Kanagawa. It has that same mechanic, but the, the tension in that one is, are you going to be able to complete it first because other people might be able to get to it first? This one... The tension is you've got to complete it before the game ends. And I don't like that. I would I just wish there was a little bit more time to be able to complete those big objectives. Yeah. You know, otherwise it's, you might as well just get them early and try to get get them, try to just get as many little ones as you can. Yeah. What uh what triggers the end of the game? When the last card of the deck is revealed, the game end is triggered, and then you score. So so yeah, it can it can end if a lot of people to end up taking a lot of cards instead of maybe building out their trees as much. But you always want to take you always want to take cards because they're all so good. But you you are limited. You cannot keep taking tokens. So at some point, you do have to cultivate and, and build out your tree. I I really liked it. I still liked it. Um, I just didn't like how it ended so soon. I just well, I'm gonna continue playing it and see if it kind of grows on me. I don't know that it's terribly interesting, but if you like Zen, peaceful, um games that you can teach pretty easily i think it's really intuitive i don't think it's complicated or confusing but it's got a nice strategy it's, it's really fun to be able to build your tree and it's worth playing just for the beauty of it i think this is a great game uh for people that like simpler games that play with a lot of people that don't like heavy games that like beautiful artwork you know i think i think this this game could be popular for a lot of people i don't think that it's worth I don't think it's, it'll be for everybody. It is pretty it, it is pretty straightforward and not terribly interesting, but enjoyable. I'm going to come in at a seven with my rating. Yeah, it seems like a very it would be a very good welcoming game. Not very offensive as far as the theme is concerned. It's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty intuitive, like how you're building a tree. Most people understand that you need to have a branch in order to have leaves in order to have fruit. So I think in that regard, it's going to be easy. Yeah, the iconography is really clear on like when you draft this card, you get these tokens along with it because it's got a little mat that, has, that they slide into. So it, it's it's easy to play, easy to get out, easy to set up. Um, quite lovely little game. Didn't love the goal tiles as much as I thought I would because I liked that a lot about that other game. But it was, it was still fun. You know, I still enjoyed it. And, but I don't know that I'll be trying to play it a bunch more. I'd like to give it a try. I'd like to try it. My concern is it's not going to be, it's not going to engage me enough to make the cut in order for me to own it. Yes. If that makes sense. If it, And I, if it's not going to do that, then does it, you know, even though it was an anticipated game for me, the more I've, you know, looked at it and the more I've had people talk to me about it, it might be just a smidge too simple for me. Says the person who loves King Domino, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's to me like the same lines of Splendor. I enjoy playing Splendor. I'll always play it. My kids like it, so I play it a lot. You know, the mechanics, the 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 tokens in Splendor like make it really enjoyable to play. Yeah. In Bonsai, like the the building of the tree makes it really enjoyable, so you don't mind that it's fairly simple and um but it's so straightforward and easy that it's likable. And you can play it like 10 times, but you probably won't unless somebody really kind of pushes you to because it's not that interesting where you're like, oh, I want to do it again and see if I can do things differently. You're just like, you're just kind of playing and seeing what comes up and what you can get. And I think it's probably in that same vein. Got it. Okay, cool. That is Bonsai. Check it out. I recommend this for the people who like games and people who who play with a lot of people that play light games and that like nature themed because it's beautiful. If you like Zen games, this is the game for you. You're building a bonsai tree. <laughs> Literally, I don't think you get more Zen like than yeah, bonsai. You can't. No, it does make me kind of want to do a bonsai tree now. I, you know, funny enough, I thought the same thing. Like I was thinking about that the other day. How I was like, you know what? I'd like to do a bonsai, but the more you look into it, there's a lot involved in a bonsai. So that is a thing. Anyway, yeah. those are the games we're we are talking about this week. We are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about how do we choose games that we play. All right, welcome back. In this week's discussion topic, we are going to be discussing how do we choose the games we play or the games we bring to game night. Like, what's the process by which we choose? 
And this um, recently has come up because we've been talking a lot about um, tear, like setup and teardown. That seems to be something that's been coming up a lot lately, at least for me. So, uh, for example, um, Voidfall has recently come out, and I had an opportunity to play it one time with a friend of ours, Adin, who's been on the show. And he was like, hey, it's a bit of a setup. I'm going to get there so many, like, I'm going to get there like a half hour early just so I can set the game up in order for us to play. And so this got this got me thinking, because I don't know how many times I'm sitting there, like, staring at games, and I'm like, hmm, what game do I want to play? And it, I think about it differently depending on the situation. Like, if I'm hosting a game night, who's coming over? Who's like, am I going somewhere? And the things that, there's like four things that I think I really think about in terms of the game, and I kind of want to talk about them with you. First and foremost is set up and tear down. How easy is it to get it to the table? How easy is it to, uh, to get, you know, wrap it up after the game's done? Like, how much does that determine for you? That is huge for me. That will determine whether or not I play a game, 100% especially at home, like not so much with my friends when it comes time to play a game, but I I definitely think it does. Like usually if we're going to, if we plan a game ahead of time and it's got a big setup, that's totally fine. We plan it. Somebody gets there, they set it all up. That's the first game we play. But like if we're going to play a heavy game that requires a lot of setup or just a game that requires a lot of setup, we almost never choose it at the end of the night. It's always the beginning of the night. Agreed. When my son wants to play a game, hey, my mom, I'll play a game. I like and don't really want to play a game, you know, but he wants to. So I say yes. Set up and tear down 100% influences whether or not I want to play a game. Sometimes I won't even want to play Ticket to Ride because I don't even want to get that out. Then I'm like, let's play a card game. You know, let's play Sushi Go or even Uno because I, we can sit at the couch and play it on the coffee table. Like I don't even have to get up and set the table. <laughs> I really like having... A, a s- small list of games that are super easy like we it's just a deck of cards we get out we start playing like yeah. i sometimes i just don't mind playing a game but i don't want to set anything up so it's huge factor for me yeah it and that's the thing is i think that it used to not necessarily be a big thing for me like three four years ago i whatever i don't care like setup is what setup is and mm-hmm. now that games are getting more elaborate with setup there's a lot more things you need to do like we had an opportunity yesterday we played station fall and our friend jeremy came over to my house and he's like hey do you mind if i get there like a half hour early to like set it up and i was like yeah dude not a problem and he showed up probably like 20 minutes before everyone else was supposed to get there and him and I are both setting it up and like it still took us, you know, tw- over that time. Like you showed up and then our other friend showed up and like you guys were standing there as we're wrapping up, setting the game up because it just took so long. There's so many like little pieces mm-hmm. and it just, man, I that's where something like inserts. I think I like inserts that are functional that help with setup, you know? Yeah, having that long setup really discourages you playing it. You're never gonna play that game spring of the moment. Is that yeah. this in the in the what's the saying? In the heat of the moment. No. In the heat of the moment. <laughs> I was close. Yeah, you got there. Yeah. Um. You know, play it. Those games, like you play them, but you're gonna plan them out and play them. You're never gonna yep. go like, yeah, yeah, let's just grab this game and and spend 35 minutes setting it up. It just doesn't happen. It's the it's a first scheduled night. event. Yeah, it's the first game of the night if you're gonna play it. And to me, like that, that actively determines if I'm gonna buy a game or not because I will often not buy games that have a large setup because I know they won't get played that much because I don't like setting games up. It can be, yeah, it can be such a pain in the butt. And I, I think one of the games I think of that I love, and that is Lahav. Mm-hmm. If you don't like. The way I have mine set up is I have those little uh, plastic like square kind of bins, like Zen bins maybe, and I have all the different tokens in them. So when we set up the game, we put the boards together, you just pop the tops and set them in all their respective places, Mm -hmm. which is expedites that so much setting that game up. Even if you individually bagged each of the resources, I don't think it would be nearly as fast. 
But because yeah. of that, that game that game is so much faster to get to the table. And because it's faster to get to the table, I'm more likely to play it. But yes, yep. a game that's like, you know, that's and it makes me wonder specifically about like campaign slash legacy style games, because the first game in those are, is usually like not that big of a deal. But as you progress through and progress through and progress through and progress through, the more and more setup becomes a problem. Yeah. I, and I don't mind it there because I know when we start a legacy game, we're going to play it. We're only going to play that game until it's done. So yep. that doesn't bother me because we'll set it up and we'll leave it up. And and it makes it so much easier to play when you leave it up. You know, then then it becomes totally doable. Even if we're not in the middle of a legacy game, like we'll leave games out. Like, and then we'll play the game over and over quite a few times because it's already out. Let's just play this yep. game. We've already got it out. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that sucks is you and I both have access to table space that we can leave things set up. Like you have mm-hmm. multiple tables, I have the recess table. So like right now, yesterday when you guys came over and played, we played on the top of the table because I I have a game set up underneath that my wife and I are playing that campaign game. Mm-hmm. But those people that don't have it that play at their kitchen table, they don't have that luxury of being able to leave a game set up. So that can be a deterrent of you know some of those legacy and campaign games. Like I remember playing Legacy Pandemic Legacy Season One. We played through it uh, ver a handful of times and then we I packed it up because we were going to take a break from it. I can't remember why. And then I remember pulling it back out and resetting it up. I was like, man, there's just so much. And ever since then, I've always left it set up so I don't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And the problem is games are getting so much more elaborate with tokens, things on the board, uh, I mean, resin bits, all these different things that add to the experience. But ultimately add to the setup of the game as well yeah i think my solution to that is is just playing a game back to back you know and <laughs> then i'm more yes. likely to play it i'm 100 percent more likely to play it. i'll play a game like I, i've said this quite a few times now awkward guess that's such a huge setup and and that actually having that setup doesn't make it any easier because the setup is getting the cards out but i'll we played it to death we played it over and over and over again and now i'm kind of over it and i don't really want to play it anymore but i think it's still kind of cool like i can i feel like i got my like i explored the game and i enjoyed it and now i'm done with it you know we can get a game yeah. out set it up play it to death and then be done with it and get rid of it get it out of our lives yeah. you know Move and on. And then you have more space for stuff. So I really, really enjoy playing games back to back to back like that. And having it all set up and leaving it set up is just another reason why it's more enjoyable. I think part of the thing with my wife and I, when we play games multiple times in a row, part of it is just the setup. Like we played Maracaibo maybe a couple of weeks ago. And that game is a pain in the butt to set up. Like it's not great. Like you have to specifically sort cards and shuffle them and like different stacks, different types from different decks, that sort of thing. So when we play it, we'll play a game, we'll reset it up, play it again. And if we don't want to play a third time, we'll just, a lot of times we'll just set it up for the next day so we can just yeah. come down, sit down and play it. And then when we pack it up, we're not going to, like we're done for a while with that game. So set setup is, like I said, it used to not be that big of a deal for me, but it's becoming way more of a deal now. So that was one. Okay. Uh, the second one that I think about is the teach. Am I teaching it? Uh, do I know yeah. the rules? How well do I know the rules? Is it going to be an easy teach? If I know the rules really well, is it still going to be a complicated teach? And the game I think of instantly with this is Root. Because that game, whoever's teaching it, has to teach each player a completely different game. I mean, I think of that with just about any game. <laughs> I assumed. <laughs> But <laughs> it is uh, a huge factor. If I cannot teach the game and yeah. don't have plans that somebody else can teach it, I won't yeah. even bring it, which is too bad, which is why I try to only, which is another reason why I stop buying games that I don't know how to play. If I don't know how to play it, I'm not buying it. And then once I do buy it, I try to play it right away as quickly as I can while I still know the game. And try to play it over and over again so that I have the rules so I can actually teach the game. Because, yeah, don't bring games you don't you can't teach. Because people do want to play it and you're the only one that can teach it. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Although we've, we are pretty fortunate because we have Jeremy. And Jeremy, if he wants to play a game, even if it's in his copy, he'll be like, I'll read the rules. He'll, like, download them or whatever. Like, 
we have it we have it kind of good <laughs> we do have it like, really good we, like jeremy i got it man bro like i appreciate all the efforts you put into to teaching a game i remember i wanted to play three ring circus and he's just like i was like yeah but i don't know the rules he's like well bring it i know the rules i'll teach it <laughs> yeah exactly because you wouldn't have probably ever brought it and played it if you didn't have somebody who already knew the rules yeah unless you took and- the time to learn it yourself before right before Okay, I don't know if you're, this was on your list, but I think it's really, really nice. We just recently started doing this in the past year or so as having a text thread and planning out what we're going to play that night. Yeah. Because one, yeah. you can be prepared. You can show up early. You can set it up. You can make yes. sure you've read the rule book. You know how to teach it. We've got a plan to start the night. It's really, really nice. Instead of you show up to game night and everyone's got like five games and everyone kind of doesn't want to make a decision and is cool with anything. And you end up spending like a half an hour just deciding what to play because nobody has a strong opinion about it. Yeah. I think people do. They just, I think they're fearful of some of that stuff. So the, to circle back to specifically the teaching aspect for me, when I first got into this hobby, if I knew I if I brought a game and I I wanted to play it but I knew I had to teach it, I wouldn't suggest it because I didn't I wasn't confident as a teacher to teach that game. Mm-hmm. So like now if I that's the thing, eventually eventually that mindset shifted because if I want to get this game played and I'm the only one who owns it, I'm going to have to teach it. If I'm not teaching it, it's not getting played. Yeah. So at this point I need to do it, but now so my mindset with it before was, okay, like I really want to play this game, but I don't want to teach it. Do I bring it? And now it's like, do I know the rules well enough to teach this? You know, <laughs> I made that mistake. Oh, yeah, I'll teach it. And then I start, oh, I don't, I, hold wait, on, wait, let me get the rule book. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to Shoot. play this. You fe- and the thing is, you're so confident about it. You're like, yeah, I know the rules. I mean, like, it's my It's Coimbra. It's my favorite game. I haven't played it in like a year. Uh, yeah, I don't. And, oh, yeah, I can't see anything because I'm on motion sickness patch and <laughs> my eyes all blurry. So here's the rule book. You have to read it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that was a low moment for me. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. So that it's it's funny how that shifted. And that's the thing is doing that texting is fantastic because we're like, all right, these are the games we know we're going to play. When lately I've been doing it, too, when people are coming over to the house. There's at least one or two games where we're like, these are the games we're playing. Mm-hmm. Because, and then if I'm one of the people, if I'm one of them, then I know I need to know the rules. I can, you know, freshen up on the rules. I can reread it. Like I want to play Abomination. You know, I went through and I re-familiarized myself with the rule set. So it was a little bit of an easier teach. You know what's also nice about playing games in advance is a lot of people do this. I've, I've never done it. I've never even thought to do it. But I notice a lot of people yeah. in our group do it. Yep. If they're if we're playing something new that they haven't played before, they'll go online and they'll learn the rules themselves before they yeah. even come to game night. They'll watch yeah. a video on it. They'll learn the rules. They'll learn they'll learn a little bit about it so they're not coming in blind. And it's yep. it's really a great great idea if you get the time to do it. It helps you learn the game so much faster too. Yes, and we have a friend Chris does that all the time. Yeah, he, like he if he knows there's going to be a specific game, he's like, yeah, like I'll watch a video or something along those lines. Sometimes I do that. It just depends on how much time I have. I think at this point, like I'm familiar enough with the different people who teach rules that I know who teaches like the way I learn and if I need to do some more digging or not, if that makes sense. Yeah, if you want to be prepared and yeah. yeah. I think that's why that's why they're so much better at learning new games than me, since I don't prep like that. I mean, maybe. I mean that's the thing, but most of the time <laughs> I don't because most of the time like more more often than not nowadays i adapt the way i need to learn to the person teaching because everyone teaches slightly different and because of that like i know when to listen with all my focus and i know when to tune out when it's like information i don't i don't need anymore you know so like i don't know it's it but that's the thing i've often find myself coming downstairs looking at games and my wife's like let's play a game and i'm like well which one and she's like well what about this and i'm like i don't know the rules I want. I don't. I mean, I don't know the rules. So it like. Yeah. So it definitely it definitely plays a factor. All right. Uh, that's two things that oh, I that's think only about. Two. Okay. Yeah. Two more. How long is the game? Oh, that's a huge consideration. For me, it's it's less for me than it used to be, or it's less for me, just because I don't. 
I don't mind longer games. I know you don't like longer games, but like for me, it's. I, I don't mind longer games, but I need to know that I'm playing a long game. And, and typically it needs to be the first game I play needs to be long, you know, or at least the second one, you know, like the, the first main game that we play needs to be the, the, the long one. After I play a long game, short games for the rest of the night, please. Yeah, you definitely like to get the long games out of the way initially and let your brain get kind of fried with all the rules at the start as opposed to the end of the night. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I, I start off high and I go downhill, you know, <laughs> my day starts off real good. I've got a, a, a glass full of energy and it just goes right down. It, it, it never refills. I only got, I only got so much. I only got, have you heard of, have you ever heard of the 10 pennies thing? Have I ever told you this 10 pennies thing? Uh, I don't think so. So the 10 pennies is, uh, this idea that. In your in your day, you only have so much energy or so much focus of ten pennies. So, like how you divide your attention throughout the course of the day, like work can be four yes, pennies. Yes, you have like, talked about this. Okay, for it, like for you, what's funny is like at the start of game night, you have ten pennies, and like as the as the night goes further and further along, you you just lose pennies. Yeah, they just you fall out of my pocket. <laughs> you don't get any additional <laughs> pennies. There's only so much you can do. <laughs> yeah like I, I get fatigued yeah that's a good word for it yeah fatigued yeah yeah like even at the end of the night i'm like okay i i only want to play something i already know you know yeah yeah that doesn't require a lot of brain power i kind of go i kind of go downhill i start off strong and you know some people don't like some people aren't like you know in the middle of the day then they get their nice full point but yeah i like ending the game on something fun kind of We've always talked about ending like on Skull King or like the crew, like mm-hmm. wrapping up a game night with that kind of stuff. Because it's just like you you don't really have to put a lot of mental effort into it. It, it can be late at night, like no big deal. Like, yeah, I, I can kind of right. agree with that. And part of that, too, is uh, it's interesting that you brought up because it kind of coincides with the thing we just talked about was a game, you know, you don't want to learn a game. Yeah. You know, so I that kind of coincides with teach a little bit. You know, with that kind of aspect of it is a game everyone already knows. Nobody has to teach. It's easy. Like, we've all played it. Less stress that way for people. And it's more fun. Like, games move a lot faster when everyone already knows them. Yeah. Yep. Or at least the majority of people. But game length 100% takes into account when I play games with my son. I mean, that is the number one. Because, you know, there's game length and then there's setup. You know, yep. if I'm going to play a long game with him, we... Uh, you know we need to be in the right state of mind it's very rare yeah or we need to know that we can like stop halfway through like we're playing a lot of short games and that absolutely matters yeah there's a certain amount of attention that you have and you need to make sure you're maximizing the attention you get yeah yeah long games too because the thing we've often found ourselves at like game night is just like how long is the game i've heard that a lot lately is well how long is it uh it's like 90 to 120 okay well uh chris is getting here at 5 30 jeremy's showing up at six we got danny being here at you know 6 30 so now we're we're trying to play games that will wrap up by the time people get there so then yeah. they're not sitting around and waiting to join a game so game length starts becoming more and more important when people are staggering coming in at different times. Yeah, and how late you want to be up, and and it, but yep. it also tells you a lot about the game. You know, if somebody yeah. says it's a sixty-minute game, it's going to be a lighter game probably than a three-hour game. Like yep. I'm going to use my brain a lot more. Like I'm going to be fatigued by the end of it. Yes, it tells yep. you about the game. It's not just about like you know how much time I have. I might have three hours, but would rather play three one-hour games than one three-hour game. Which we talked about in a Would You Rather episode is would you rather play three one-hour games or one three-hour game? I mean, it depends on my mood. How much energy do I have? How Like how many pennies do you have left in your day? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, hold on. I get on my hands and knees and find all my pennies that I, I dropped. Find my, they, I, they fell out of my pocket. I got a hole in my pocket. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> don't judge me. I'm at a game convention, then I'll do anything. You know, I got all day. That's all I'm doing. The, at game conventions, games. you have 20 pennies. 
Mm-hmm. You don't even have to. <laughs> you know why? Because I don't have to share my pennies with anybody else. It's, when I go to game conventions, it's all about me, 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 me. That's which is so my true. Favorite That's way so to true. spend my day, but I don't ever get to do it. <laughs> if, you know who I like hanging people... out with the most? Who? Me. <laughs> Just myself. Just myself. Oh my god! If yeah. I could be alone the rest of my days, it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want to be alone. <laughs> I just want to be the star of my own day. Like, I want to be able to do my day the way I want to do my day. Oh I want people goodness. to come and go into it as as a addition to my day, as a benefit, not as something I can do for them. Got what it. What they They're, can do for yeah. me. Yeah. You You're know? the main protagonist in your own in your own novel. Yeah, n- but but never. I'm never. I'm not. I don't. When I go to game conventions, I am. People it's, can come and hang out with me and add add they add value to my day. I am not working towards to adding value to their day. Oh man, that's I think when you sign up to be a parent, like you just have to be cool with that not being a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's oh the worst? What? It's the the worst and I'm it's so bad. Like I'm like hanging out by myself, like I'm reading my book, whatever, I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. And one kid comes in, hey mom. I gotta tell you about this. I'm like, okay, set my stuff down. I listen, and then they leave. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm back to me. I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm getting into it. Ten minutes later, kid number two comes in. <laughs> set my stuff down. Okay, yep, I'm here. I'm listening. Yep, being a good parent. And I'm like, okay, they both came in. They told me about their day. They're both heading to bed. I am good. I am good for the rest of the night. Nope. And then my husband. Then my husband <laughs> walks in. And I look at him, and I'm like. <sighs> what <laughs> then i get in trouble because i'm a terrible person <laughs> and i'm like you don't understand i thought i had a mo i thought i was done oh my god yeah. that's uh uh oh my god so he just gets the brunt of it because he's the last one to see you what you need to yeah. do is tell him to be the first one to come in the thing Mm-hmm. he's like i'll i'll give her a chance to hang out with the kids and then it'll be my turn and i'm like i don't want you to have a turn I'm like i want to be done i'm done i'm done for the day we practice a lot of self care in our house, mm-hmm. which is a big thing. Part of it is it, uh, it's a complete side tangent about this this thing, but uh, we feel very passionately about self care in our house. And part of it is you do so much for other people, you know, like you're I'm I'm constantly doing this for this kid, doing this for that kid, I like making sure the appointments are. I'm going to all the appointments, making sure they're on time, making sure they're all this all this stuff. Yep. So sometimes it's just nice to have time where it's just about you and that's yes. important so because you don't want to lose your identity into you know who like who you're with or who, you know what i'm saying like yes my identity is i'm a father i'm a husband but i'm also still bob you know and yeah. and it's easy to forget that i'm still bob when father and husband are coming first you know so take some time to do some self-care I know. just don't my go it's like my husband's like, you just need to tell me before I walk in the room. Don't come in the room. I'm by myself. Like, oh, okay. Text him. Fair just shoot him a text. Be like, I need Start some. I need, I need some. <laughs> Don't say it like that. Just say I need some. I need some Natasha time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Advice. Get out of here. I'll be nice about it. Like, you should uh, be nice about it. Like <laughs> seriously, I've, what do you I've, want? There, like, there are times where like my wife and I will text each other when we're just at our breaking point. We would just be like, I, I can't. Like, can you, can you, can you take over? I just, I, I can't. And the thing, that, <laughs> the thing that upsets my wife is like, her and I will be sitting in, like, the living room, right? And one of the kids will come up with a problem, and they'll go to her specifically. Yes. <laughs> and oh and she's like, Why don't you ask your dad? He's standing right there. I know. Like, my kids do that with about their cell phones on electronics. I'm like, I know nothing. And my husband's like, I can teach you. And I'm like, don't you dare teach me anything. I don't want to know. They come to me for everything. There's one thing they can come to you for. They, um, they, yeah. they like, walk past their dad and come to me. And I'm like, you need to go tell your dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, although I will say, it, to in the reverse of things, I still, like, I'm the primary chef of the house. And, uh, because I love cooking. And... It happened once where, like, I just happened to be cooking a lot. And my wife was, my wife was working a ton. Like, she just, she, whatever. I was cooking. 
And so one of the, it was like a Friday, and she was like, I'm going to cook today. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And she made spaghetti. So we sat down, we're eating spaghetti and whatever. And my son, no joke, turns and looks at me and goes, Dad, this is really good. Thank you for making it. <laughs> and and my wife goes, what the heck? I made it. And he's like, you did? <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> She didn't appreciate that. It didn't. It didn't help her cook more. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. So we talked about uh, set up, tear down. We've talked about teaching games. We've talked about how long the game is. The last thing that I usually think about is the people I'm playing with. Are they going to want to play this game? Yeah, hundred percent. And that's that, a big factor. Yeah, it's and part of it is if it's generally with the game group, it depends on. Who specifically in that game group? Because a prime example is I don't like deduction. You're not going to bring a deduction style game and expect me to want to play it. You yeah. know, uh, our friend Chris is not a big fan of social deduction. So chances are he's not going to want to play those games. You know, there's other people who like they like specific kinds of games. So that's another thing that I think about is who's going to be there? Who's playing? Are they going to like this game? A hundred percent. I mean, I I will think about that. Actually, that's the first thing. I said it was the time. That's not true. First thing is who's going to be there and what do they like to play? You know, if I'm going to game night with my gaming group, it's very different than if I'm hanging out with my friends and we're playing games with casual gamers. I'm going to bring a whole different set of games. And then I'm going to take setup and length into time into consideration. But really, it's who's there first. Number of players is also part of who's there. You know, and if I don't know the number of players and I try to bring like, you know, a three, a good, a game that's good at as many player counts as I can. Yes. Yep. It's interesting because it depends. Each time I choose to pick games, each one of these factors slightly differently, I would say. Um, when I originally made this list of these four things, my thought was set up, tear down and teach were going to be my number two, my top two. But the mm-hmm. more and more I think about it. And the more we've kind of talked about it, I think it's I think who's going to be there is the number one thing I think about. Yeah. Is are they going to enjoy this game? And if they're not going to enjoy this game, then I'm probably not going to bring it. Mm-hmm. Although there are times where I bring a game that I know like, OK, this isn't Chris's cup of tea or this isn't Jeremy's. OK, cool. Whatever. No big deal. Like I'll play it with other people because there's the nice thing about having a game group that you go to consistently is there's a lot of different players who like different things. So then you can get some of those games played. Yeah, you know? it's easy for people to know about it and have something else to play. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so let's rank all four. Uh, how bad is the teach, set up and tear down, how long is the game, and who's going to be there? What would be your, both our number ones are who's going to be there, would you say? Yes. That, uh, I I think so. Well, I think that. I wouldn't say, or is it how bad the teach is, or am I able to teach it? Because that might be number one. Like, if I can't teach it, I'm not going to bring it at all. Do I have somebody who can teach the game? I'm let's, not going to get a game say, out. For the purposes of this, you can teach the game. Okay. So it's really just like, do I enjoy teaching it? How hard the teach is? Yes. Yeah. Got it's it. a okay. game you. It's a game you know and you can teach. Just for the purposes of this list. Okay. So specifically then, yes, for now, you, people that are going to be there. Number one. I agree. Number one for me, same thing is is who's gonna who's gonna be there, the energy and, of the night, what type of night it is. Yes, agreed. Yep, number one. All right, number two. What are you gonna say? I I okay. So it's teach length set up tear down. I'm gonna go with teach next. Is it I, easy? Can I teach it? Well, do I enjoy teaching it. Are people gonna enjoy learning it? You know, is because if there's children there, the teach is huge, right? I'm not yep. gonna bring a game that's gonna be take me more than five minutes to teach I kids agree. aren't gonna want, want that yeah I'm, I'm right in that same boat and i think for me is do i know the rules do i know the rules well enough is it something i'm willing to teach is it a pain in the butt to teach like mm-hmm. root is i keep going back to root and but root is one of those games that i would love to play more but teaching just people feel is like just teaching like, it and the thing is i've never taught i don't own it i haven't taught the game but i've seen how i've seen i've been part of the learning process I learned my game and then I can walk away for a half hour because now the teacher has to teach the rest of the game to the people. So, okay, that's two. Three. This is either going to be set up, tear down, or length of game. 
probably length of game will factor into it more than setup and teardown. Because usually I usually like setup and teardown comes into mind like when I'm like spontaneously playing a game, not when I'm planning to play a game. Because so I'm planning to play a game, I'll factor that setup teardown into it. Like, okay, this game takes two hours plus 10 minutes or half an hour to set it all up. If I factor that in, if I plan that in, I'm good. Teardown and setup, what usually that affects my decision more is when I'm spontaneously deciding to play a game. Gotcha. So your number three is going to be length of game. And yes. number four is setup and teardown. Okay, yes. for me, it's close. Those two are extremely close. I think I typically think about setup and teardown more than game length. That's fair. I don't necessarily care too much about playing long games. My wife and I, when we play games, it's the two of us, and we're pretty snappy. She makes pretty fast turns. Um, so as far as like game length, I'm not necessarily as concerned with that. It's just how much of a pain in the butt is it to set this game up? If, let's say, my wife comes to me at like 8 o'clock and she's like, hey, you want to play a game? I'm not thinking like, oh, well, this game's two hours. This game's 45 minutes. No, my head is just like, Spirit Island's going to take me, what, 20, 30 minutes to set like set up, maybe, if I do all the things, because then I have to pick my spirit, I'm going to have to pick the adversary, I'm going to have to pick the scenario, and then I'm going to have to like factor all that in. That's what like I think so about. so much work. Ugh, gaming is so much work. But that, <laughs> so that's, for me, it's, for me, it's, it's close, but uh, set up and tear down, followed by how long the game is. So, yeah, um, I'm really curious for the audience. What are the things that you think about when you are choosing what game to play? Are what are your top four? Are these the ones you think about? Let us know, man. Shoot us, shoot us an email. Send us a comment. I'd love to hear what what you know goes out in your you, head. You know what would be on the top of my list that you didn't include? What is that? Is it fun? Is the game fun to play? I mean, I just Number thought one. that was I thought that was like a given. I'm not you gonna, wouldn't own I, a game if it wasn't fun to play. Exactly. I'm not going to bring a game to game night to teach people if I don't if I don't think it's going to be fun. <laughs> you know, like, and there's All times right, where you cute. play a dud. You know, there are times, but I don't. It's not. It's the exception, not the rule. I definitely factor like my mood into it. Like, what am I in the mood to play? Am I in the mood to think really hard? Am I in the mood to like stress myself out? Like, or do or am I in the party mood? Like, I think about that a lot. Yeah, you know, like sometimes good, I just yep. want to. Sometimes I just want to have fun. Like I just, I don't want to think super hard. I just want to giggle and laugh and have a good time. So that factors in a lot. Like, what am I feeling today? You know, how serious do I want to be? That is a that is a good one to bring up because I I think that just inherently happens when I'm downstairs playing games. Is that's just the overall what am I in the mood for? And then all these other things are just tiered. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, that's a good I'm one. U- I'm usually, I usually will have an opinion about like, what am I in the mood for? Like, I'm not usually like, oh, I'll play anything. Like, I kind of have like a set like bucket, you know, I'll play something crunchy yep. or I'll play something light and fun. I'll play something middleweight. You know, I usually have some kind of like mood point. And, and, and when I play at cons, it, it, I have a very structure that I like to play. Like, I like to start off my day with a few heavy big games and then um tuck in some like little ones in between that and um before like eight o'clock i'll have to play like, at least one more big heavy game and then the rest of the night i want to play like silly fun games till like you definitely one or two in the morning you definitely have a system in place for when because i've been like hey wh- like what are you gonna play and you're like well at this point in the day i'm looking to play these kinds of games yes i've already like, played my two head like yeah mm-hmm, i'm I definitely have like a format I like to follow. It doesn't have to be like strict, but like if I play like two, three heavy games in a row, uh, I want a fun party game out the rest of the night. And I pretty much like that after after 10 o'clock anyways. I will say this. I do appreciate that at game nights, you're typically like, I want to play this game. Like when people are just like, eh, I don't know. Eh, and you're like, well, I'm going to play this game. Who wants to play? I yeah. want to play this game. Or sometimes it you'll is- give like two options. But you try to like, let's go, people. Let's let's play a game. It it is almost better to have somebody who can be decisive and say, "I want to play this," you know, yes. instead of, "Oh, I, I'm good. I'll play anything." You know, too yeah, many people whatever. doing that. You don't ever make a decision. 
the thing it's almost that um it's right up there with where do you want to eat because it's just like well what do you want to play well i don't care i'm like oh okay well uh, let's uh i don't know let's play moon river Nah, not really in the mood for moon river oh okay that's cool let's uh let's play return to dark tower yeah i don't know if i'm really feeling a co-op okay <laughs> um let's let's play uh let's uh let's play azul yeah i don't i don't really want to play anything drafting so what do you want to play then i don't care whatever um <laughs> let's play don't say whatever play, if it's yeah, not whatever play, let's play ticket or i yeah yeah i don't know if i want to, drives me crazy yeah that's a whole nother topic that should have been that's number 11 of toxic traits that's what that is <laughs> The I'm good with anything, but I'm not good with anything. Yeah, yeah. Indecisiveness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week. Please help us out by giving us a review and liking us on Instagram or Facebook. And send us any comments or questions to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. <laughs>